It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in hour number two here on Thursday morning. And you know what? Let's jump right back into the phones. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you? Good. You know, I would like to see when the train comes, because I waited many years for the train to, to be free. If you're over 75 years old, it should be free for the elderly for one year. And also public officials should be able to ride for free to help promote it. Mm-hmm. And and maybe the handicapped get 50% off on the fares. But the most important thing, and it should offer up of $10,000, a lifetime pass, non-transferable. And I think that'll get some money up front because it seems like they need money up front. And I think $10,000 are dropping the bucket might be a good investment because it looks like with electric cars coming, public transportation is going to be uh, pretty important. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if anybody would really want to buy a lifetime pass because I think people worry about how long the MBTA is going to be around for with some of the problems that it's had. Yeah, that's true. Maybe there should be an attachment to that. Maybe prorated a lifetime pass or you just pay $2,500 here and there as you go. Four payments. I'm, I'm taking a look at the fee schedule for the commuter rail in general. And yes. you know what's interesting is, is it doesn't mention anything about any kind of senior discount or any other discounts for anybody. It would look good to have seniors on the train because the, the inception of this train idea was when we were very young people, college age, in, in fact. And it would look good to have seniors and they're sitting in their windows, and it's a friendly environment. Seniors being kind of nonviolent type crowd. It may attract, get the attention of people to say, why don't I try this? I don't know. I'm just a nutcase, but. Yeah, I, just, I, I mean, I think I'm going to give it a try just to just to experience the ride. You know, I, as I've yeah. said before, I don't want to be the, on the first train uh, because, you know, who knows what will happen. But I want to be on the, you know, the second or anyone after that. And I might, you know, for 10 bucks, you can do the, the weekend pass. I might just do that. I might just get on the train and, you know, get on it like the Church Street Station and just take it into the city and, and, and go in and see what the route looks like that way and just have that experience. I would really like to see handicapped people enjoying the freedom of movement, maybe a half-price fare, just to experience the fact that, hey, I'm not shut in today. For a few dollars, I can get on that train and maybe see some nice things in Boston or along the way. I, I think that train should be more than just a cattle car for people with jobs. Yeah, I think I think what you'll see is, you know, one of the things that people aren't taking into account is that you can connect to other places from there. So you take the commuter rail in, you go into Boston. From Boston, you can go up to Maine. You know, like the, the train will take you up uh, as far as Maine. So you can you can go to all kinds of places on the MBTA by leaving New Bedford. 
the people in charge of tourism should be out in front of this uh, in Bristol County because what we're just getting is a pigeonhole view of the trains here. The train goes to Boston. It's so much more. And, and unless we reach people, people's hearts are probably aching just to have the freedom of knowing I can go down and grab that train and I can connect over here and there and maybe stir up some memories when I was younger and go to the parks I used to go to or I love the ocean up there. Yeah. There's, uh, it's more than a cattle car for a better paying job. And I'm, I'm so sorry that the government is just so absent-minded about people and personality and ambiance and quality of living. Oh, well, the train's going to get you to work. Who's going to get to work? Who's going to get you home? It's, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm not a unit. I'm a person. Give me a break on the fare. Let's make this a friendly journey. Took a lot of years to get here. Let's make it a wonderful experience for people of all ages. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Thank you. Have a good day. And what's interesting is, so the other day, Saturday, I was at home. And in in the afternoon, I, I didn't have anything going on in the earlier part of the day because... I had had something else that I was going to be doing that it fell through. So I found myself with some open time on my schedule. And so I thought to myself, well, what can I do? Like, what's, what, what's something that I've wanted to do? And I, I wanted to get a North Shore roast beef sandwich. There's a bunch of places that I have to try for that. And, yeah, I don't really eat bread anymore. And speaking of bread, Barry has a great article at WBSM.com and on the app about what is, you know, what, what's Massachusetts' favorite bread? What breads do New Englanders love? And uh, so you can check that out at WBSM.com and on the app. But the, you know, the temptation was there to, to just hop in the car and drive to the North Shore and go to one of these places I haven't been to yet. And I thought to myself, ah, it's a lot of driving. And then when I come back, like, who knows? It could still be people trying to get to the Cape. It could be, it could be nuts. I don't really want to go all that way just to get a sandwich. But if the train was active, if the South Coast Rail was already up and running and I could get on the train and ride that up to the North Shore and go to, you know, Danvers or Peabody or Salem or one of these towns that these places are in, I, I might have done that. I might have done that. I might have just said, yeah, it's because I like trains. I like taking train rides. And I know that the commuter rail is not the same as getting on, say, a, a steam locomotive but you're still going down the tracks and you're still seeing a different part of, you know, a different side of the area than you've, you've seen before. We used to take my son on the Polar Express Christmas train in Wareham. And what I geeked out about, it was just, you just rode from downtown Wareham to the train bridge and back again. But what I geeked out about was the chance to go down those tracks and see that side of things. Now, I'd walk those tracks many, many times because when I first moved to Wareham, I lived right on the railroad tracks. Like, I could stand on my front porch and spit and hit the train when it came by. I didn't. I didn't spit on the train. That wasn't, that wouldn't have been polite. But, you know, that, that's how close it was. And I've always enjoyed trains. So, to me, it'll be a, a, it'll be a recreational thing. It'll be a fun thing. It was not going to be my daily commute. So, again, it'll be interesting to see just how people utilize it. But that $10 weekend pass option could be huge for people. For 10 bucks, you can go anywhere that that 
train will take you. And if you, it's just a matter of do you want to spend the time. If you don't have a car, but you want to get out to Six Flags, well, it's possible. I mean, you got to get from the Springfield Station to the to Agawam, so you might have to get an Uber when you get there. But it's a way that you could get get to. They might even have buses running there. I don't know. But it's all interconnected to some degree. It's just a matter of how much time you want to spend getting from one place to the other. Is it faster to just get in the car and drive? Sure, if there's no traffic. But if you don't want to drive and be in the car and you want to get to some of these places, you can. And that connectivity is going to be, you know, not not a huge revenue driver for it, but certainly it's something people will utilize it for. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, uh, we are hoping to connect with a, some folks involved in a story that we talked about yesterday. Um, I just sent them a message back, though, because I, I don't think I was clear that when I said we could talk at 7.05 that uh, they knew that it would be on the air. So I just want to make sure that they're aware of that before I call because it's, I, I hate calling people and saying, oh, by the way, you're on the radio. That's just... That's just wrong. Um, but it's a story that's gaining some legs. And that's the story about the Miss Lizzie's Coffee opening up in Fall River and the owner of the Lizzie Borden house uh, claiming that they are infringing on his copyright. Now, the story that was out in Fall River Reporter was that he was seeking legal action and then he was commenting in, in underneath the story or on somebody else. He was, he was all over the Internet yesterday. Anywhere that anybody was talking about this, he he was commenting under a fake name. And he said, you know, nobody's suing anybody. Well, okay. Well, what happens when you send them a cease and desist that they just don't want to listen to because they shouldn't have to? So, yeah. It's just I'm careful about how hard I go at this story because there's already the perception that I'm against him because I'm against some of the changes that they made in the house, but I've, I've had a connection to it for the last 18 years. I've been there dozens and dozens and dozens of times. I was really good friends with the previous owner. Like, I, I have a connection to it. So, eh. all right, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to take a quick break. We come back on the other side. We will check in with the folks from Miss Lizzie's Coffee. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right. And I had mentioned the story before the break about Miss Lizzie's Coffee, the new coffee shop that has opened up right next door to the Lizzie Borden house. And the owner of the Lizzie Borden house is taking issue with the fact that this coffee shop has opened up. And uh, we're going to get into all of that right now. Um, well, let's go right to the phones. Good morning. Uh, who, so who is joining us here from Miss Lizzie's Coffee? Hi, this is Joe from Miss Lizzie's Coffee. Hi, so Joe Pereira, welcome to the show. How are yep. you? Welcome. And uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so the so obviously, you know, this is something that has been getting a lot of attention. So my first question is: I hope this is, I hope this controversy has helped business and has, has brought people and, and been good marketing for you. Oh yes, and uh, surprisingly so. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I I really don't understand exactly you know, how it happened. But I do have to say from day one, when we all, when we opened on August 4th, that, you know, from that point on, it was pretty steady. I mean, people seem to love, 
you know, uh, this historical event, you know, the Borden murders, and they seem to, and they love coffee. So, you know, I thought it was a great combination, and we have been, you know, very busy since we opened. But since the controversy happened, it's been quite a bit, you know, uh, even busier because now people that wouldn't, you know, normally have heard about it because of the controversy, they've heard about it and they're intrigued, so they come and try it out. And then they fall in love with the coffee uh, and, you know, it works out. So, yeah, I guess any publicity is good publicity. Well, and, and I think a lot of businesses in Fall River, you know, they look for what can we what can we utilize to kind of be part of the community. And the Lizzie Borden story is a big part of it. And you're somebody that's been interested in this story. So it makes sense for you to incorporate that in your business, especially being right next door. Did, did you think that there would be any issue with calling it Miss Lizzie's Coffee and, and using any Lizzie Borden likeness? No. And uh, before I decided with my daughter to, you know, uh, create something like that, I uh, did consult with uh, a few attorneys and I did talk with a few people and they all told me that, you know, it wouldn't really be an issue that, you know, nobody can, uh, can own uh, Miss Lizzie's. I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty much open. So I went and I registered the name at my local uh, the city hall and uh, I got all the necessary licenses that I needed, uh, you know, to open the business. And, you know, I never, I, I even at that point, I approached the people from the uh, bed and breakfast and I told them, uh, what my intentions were, and you know, they all seemed to be excited about it. They seemed to be happy, and even now, they they still come. Uh, even after you know this uh, controversy was stirred up, they still come and they still, you know, uh, get a coffee and stuff like that. Wait, so, so you're, you're saying that the folks who work at the house come over there? Yes, yeah, yeah, they do, and. You know, I, I mean, I don't want to throw them under the bus. They're very nice people. You know, I have nothing uh, but great things to say, you know, about them. I mean, they've always been very nice and, and very supportive. So I was a bit surprised and taken back when uh, a reporter uh, told me what was being said uh, by the owner. And, you know, I thought... See, that's weird because they seemed, you know, everybody who worked there, uh, you know, seemed uh, pretty supportive. And, and, and I was also, I, I, I'm sorry, I was also surprised, uh, you know, as to, you know, like, I mean, it's, just, it, it's a weird feeling. I mean, I, I don't know what to say, you know. Well, the, the owner, Lanzal, of the Lizzie Borden house, he has plans. He has his own coffee brand that he sells out of the gift shop and online. He has plans to offer coffee to his, you know, to the guests who are staying there to be able to purchase a cup of coffee from him. But that house only has eight rooms for people to sleep in. And so you're never going to have more than, say, 20 people in the house at any given time. I don't know how he would think that having a coffee shop next door would 
would impede the 20 people staying there from maybe wanting to buy coffee from him. Uh, especially where if I can go downstairs and get a cup of coffee as opposed to getting dressed and going outside, you know, I'd probably do that if I was staying there. So I don't, I don't see how he thinks that it will uh, impact the business there. And also, he says that it will cause confusion with people. I think people can tell the difference between the house where somebody was murdered and a coffee shop that's next door. Well, I don't think it, I, I think if anything, it helps his business. Because, you know, uh, so far, a lot of the people who stay there, uh, they've come here to have their morning coffee. And, you know, they've, uh, you know, they've really loved it. You know, they even sign our guest book and they, you know, uh, they love the shop. So I think if anything, I'm actually adding, uh, you know, to, to the experience. So I think it's actually helping them rather than, you know, hurting him. I, that I don't understand. Yeah, and you're, so, you're... But, I mean, if he wants to if he wants to spend money, you know, uh, fighting it, I mean, that's, I mean that's, that's his business. I mean, okay. I mean, you know, he thinks I'm infringing on something. All right. I, I think it's funny and it's weird, but... You know, I mean, I'm I'm going to sell coffee either way. And, you know, I thought it was a good location. And, you know, I actually had developed this idea. And my original idea was to open up uh, at the train station where the new commuter rail is coming in. Mm-hmm. And to have a Miss Lizzie's coffee right there so that when people come into Fall River, the first thing that they would see would be a Miss Lizzie's coffee and a stand-up of Lizzie Borden because that's what we're known for. Mm -hmm. And people would say, hey, this is pretty cool. They get off the train and they get a coffee or they get on the train and they get a coffee, you know, before they go on the train. And, you know, that was my original idea. And then when I saw that this place was available, then I said, oh, you know what? I could have a base operation there, and that would be great. So, you know, I talked it over with my daughter, and she's always been fascinated. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times that both her and I have toured the house. And even when she was a little girl, I took her there for an Easter egg hunt. And, you know, she she loved it. We've always been, uh, even when I was a kid, I was always fascinated. I fell in love with Elizabeth Montgomery when she was on Bewitched. And then in 75, when she did the Lizzie Borden movie, I was, you know, intrigued yet frightened at the same time. You know, because I was a 10-year-old boy and I thought, oh, my God, you know. But, you know, I've, I've always been fascinated by it. And I've always thought, you know, that's pretty cool that it's right here. Now, I've been all over the world, and I've seen, you know, a lot of places capitalize on, you know, notoriety or celebrity. I mean, think about it. In her day, Lizzie Borden was like the Kim Kardashian of her day. Yeah, everybody knew her name, yeah. Everybody, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that uh, I, I read somewhere at one point that uh, a, a certain percentage of divorces in the United States in 1892 were over husbands and wives 
having a difference of opinion on Lizzie Borden's <laughs> innocence or guilt. Wow. So for something like that to make it on the radar, I mean, that was the thing. Those, those were the first crime scene photos taken in the United States. And, and it captured the public amazement. Jack, yeah. Yeah, second only to Jack the Ripper, right, in the world. And, I mean, this was a big event. Even today, the amount of people that come to the South Coast to spend money, they come from all over the world. We've had people here from Canada, from, you know, uh, from all of, from just about every state in the United States. And you know what? They all love coffee. And they all love, you know, the paranormal. And they all love history. Well, I only, I only got about a minute here, Joe, and then I have to go to the news. So we'll we'll definitely talk some more uh, about this. But uh, you do advertise yourself as the most haunted coffee shop in the world, and uh, we can. I'll, I'll I'll tell people a little bit later why that might be. But so you but you do have ac activity going on over there. Oh, very much so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, very I'm, much so. I'm coming by on Sunday, and uh, I look forward to, to talking with you guys more about that. Wonderful. Please introduce yourself. Because I'm going to make you a Lizpresso, which is espresso, cinnamon, and brown sugar. Sounds good to me. All thank right. You, I will see you then. Thank you for uh, for calling in and joining us for a few thank moments. Thank you, and thank you for your listeners. Wonderful. All right. Thank take you. care. That is Joe Pereira. He's the owner of Miss Lizzie's Coffee in Fall River. Let's go now into the newsroom with Adam Bass. The White House can't confirm the comments attributed to an American soldier who crossed into North Korea last month. State-run media in North Korea confirmed that Travis King crossed into the territory and claimed he did so to flee abuse and racism in the U.S. military. White House officials have not had contact with North Korea or King, but are focused on his return to the U.S. At least 111 people are confirmed dead in what has become the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. The devastating wind-driven blaze tore through the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to visit the island on Monday. The Georgia District Attorney prosecuting former President Trump is proposing that his trial begin in March. Mark Mayfield with more. In a court filing Wednesday, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis proposed March 4th as the start date for the trial. Trump and 18 co-defendants were indicted by a grand jury earlier this week on charges related to alleged attempts to overturn Georgia's 2020 election results. The proposed date is just one day before Super Tuesday primary day for the GOP presidential nomination. It's also three weeks before the scheduled start date of his criminal trial in New York for alleged hush money payments paid to former porn star Stormy Daniels before the 2016 presidential election. I'm Mark Mayfield. The family of Tyree Nichols has issued a response after the city of Memphis filed a motion to dismiss a lawsuit in connection to his death. Nichols died following a beating by Memphis police officers. The city had filed a motion to dismiss the $550 million suit against the city, the police chief and a former officer. Nichols' family responded, saying the liability extends far beyond those officers through the ranks and up to the city itself. And New York State is issuing a warning after multiple people died from a f rare flesh-eating bacteria. Governor Kathy Hochul confirmed on Wednesday that a person who died recently on Long Island had tested positive for the bacteria and was the third person to die in recent weeks after being infected by it. In sports, the Boston Red Sox lost to the Washington Nationals last night 6-2. The teams have one more game today in their series, first pitch at 4.05 p.m. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. 
Another cloudy and dreary day for us, almost like what we saw yesterday. The humidity level is still on the rise. A few spot showers will be around the area. We'll be seeing a high near 77 degrees. Overnight tonight will be cloudy and humid with a few spot showers. Low of 69. And for tomorrow, two rounds of rain moving in with the afternoon being much heavier with thunderstorms moving in. High of 80 degrees. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. It's currently 66 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. monkey songs but often overlooked because it was on their 1988 album pool it which did not get great reviews but for fans it is you know one of the pinnacles of their resurgence in the 1980s so uh by the way apologize for being a little bit late coming back from the news i was actually down with fun 107 setting it up with them so that they could have joe Pereira of Miss Lizzie's Cafe uh, call in to them as well because uh, this is an important story that I, I think that, um, you know, the audience benefits from hearing on, on both stations. So I just went down there to help them set that up during the news. So I had mentioned with Joe about the fact that they're calling themselves the world's most haunted coffee shop, and there's a reason for that. The reason why is because that building that Miss Lizzie's Cafe sits in was the site of another family murder, another Borden family murder, before Andrew and Abby Borden were killed next door. And this is a story that, you know, I had never heard until I started investigating the, the Lizzie Borden house. And when I first heard it, which would have been 2006... There wasn't a lot of detail known about it. In fact, it was another visit that I made to the house not long after that, that Leanne Wilbur, who is the former co-owner and manager, she was very excited. She's like, I have to show you something. And she had found an article. 
I think from the Boston Globe, that had mentioned what had happened. Or maybe it was from the Fall River Globe. But it mentioned what had happened, and she she took that, and she had made a photocopy for me so that I could have it. And I still have a copy of it in my Lizzie Borden source book, which is now in storage with all my other paranormal books because needed the room. But it was a news account of this story that we had heard but hadn't yet verified at that point. Now it's been verified a dozen times over, and now there's tons of websites about it. But at that time, it was it was very obscure. And the great uncle of Lizzie Borden, who was uh, Lodwick Borden, he lived in that house that's next door to where the Andrew and Abby Borden murders took place. And he had four wives during his life. And he it was his second wife, Eliza Darling Borden, who is associated with the hauntings in that building. She had three children in rapid succession. Three children kind of one right after the other, which in those days was not uncommon. Uh, but one day... She, you know, they characterized it as one day she just snapped. But in actuality, it was probably what we would call today postpartum depression. If you remember that story from Duxbury, right, then you know that this is something that, that, that happens. This is, it, it's, it's a terrible tragedy and it happens. And at least now we're aware of things like postpartum depression and we can keep an eye out for the signs of it. But in, in the 1800s, in the Victorian age, this wasn't something that was well talked that was talked about or discussed. So this happened prior to the Borden murders. So I forget exactly what year. But what happened was Eliza Borden one day took her three children down into the cellar cistern, the well that was in the cellar. And she drowned two of the three children. She may not have taken all three down, but I don't, I don't know that for a fact. I just know that she had three children and she drowned two of them in the cistern. And the way the story goes, she then went to the upstairs of the home. She took her husband's straight razor and she slit her throat and took her own life. Others say it might have happened behind the cellar chimney, but, you know, the, the predominant legend has been she went upstairs and, 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 and did it with the, the straight razor. Now, those child spirits are said to haunt the Borden house, what, what was formerly known as the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. The new, the new owner has taken Bed and Breakfast out of the name because he doesn't use the Bed and Breakfast model. It's... um. It's more like a, an Airbnb type model where you, instead of somebody checking you in and somebody making you breakfast in the morning, you're given a code, you let yourself in, and then if you want to have breakfast in the morning, they charge you for it. So it's not a bed and breakfast anymore. Um, it's the Lizzie Borden house. So those spirits are said to wander over and, and be in the third floor chimney room, the Hosea Knowlton room. Of the Borden house. They had it. I don't know if it's still there because I haven't investigated the house since the new owner took over. 
but they had a chest of toys in that room that if you left the chest door open, and you used to have to leave the closet door open too because that's where these child spirits would allegedly hide. If you left those two things open and you left the room and you came back, you would find toys scattered all over the place. Now, we've had cameras outside the room to show that nobody had gone in, and we found that happen. But whenever we put cameras in the room, we've never seen them, like, move out on their own. So there's, there's that part of it. But it's, it's a story that's long been associated with the hauntings there. And now with this Miss Lizzie's Coffee opening up next door and embracing this, I'm not surprised that they're having activity over there. So I'll, when I go over there on Sunday, I'll, I'll talk more with with Joe and the staff about, you know, what they might be experiencing and, and see if you know we can't find out a little bit more about that and, and share that with you. But the bottom line is I thought that discussion, albeit brief, was very interesting because, as, as Joe said, he talked with lawyers before he did this. The owner of the Lizzie Borden house, Lance Zoll, has not provided any legal grounds for the claims that he is making. Uh, people were outright asking him in the comments under the Fall River Reporter story, what is your basis of this? And it's really just his... I'm, I'm going to say it. He's probably going to get mad at me. He's probably going to find out if he can try to sue me for saying it. But it's his arrogance that's getting in the way. And, and, and instead, all his response to that is, well, typical that you'd blame the victim. Like, you're not the victim here. The victim were the two people that were murdered in that house in 1892. They were the victims. You're just the guy that came in and capitalized on that to line your pockets. You don't have a love for the story. You don't have a connection to the story. You, don't, you didn't painstakingly recreate that house to look like it did, like Leanne did for so many years. You just came in, swooped in with two million bucks and bought something that was already successful. And then proceeded to ruin it. In my opinion. So you're not the victim. And people have been, you know, coming at him and saying, well, why are you going after a small business? We need more small business. Why are you trying to keep a small business from being able to make a living? What they're doing at that coffee shop is not going to impact your ability to have people in your house and even to buy coffee in your house. You've, you've talked about how you had no problem keeping it full since you bought it. So if that's the case, why are you worried about this? Because he's not the little guy. He owns a franchise. He owns, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a, a um, not a franchise. What's the word I'm looking for? It, it's, it has a lot of locations. He has ghost tours all over the country. He wants to buy other haunted properties. He looked into buying that coffee shop. And then, he's, as he told Fall River Reporter, they came in and offered 10% over asking price. Well, that's the, that's the real estate market today. So, I, you're not the little guy here. And it, it does look like the big corporation trying to keep the little guy from making a living. But more so than that, you can't own a legend. They're not calling it Lizzie Borden. They're not utilizing your trademark of using an axe would only work for your depiction of an axe. In general, I, I, I don't know. I, he, either I don't know what I'm talking about or he's, he's getting bad legal advice or, or no legal advice at all. 
508-996-0500. we got to take our final break of the hour. All right, let's go right back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. Oh, sorry, my fault. There you oh, are. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Um, did you ever get your roast beef sandwich? Uh, I got I got the one from uh, Pizza Boy instead on uh, on Tuesday when I had to go to a dentist appointment. I went and had a nice roast beef sandwich right afterwards. So oh, all oh, that nice that? work Pizza they did Boy. on my teeth, and I got roast beef stuck in my teeth. <laughs> that's a uh, yes. That's that's a great place to be able to get that um, you know North Shore style roast beef down here on the South Coast. Oh, where is it? Uh, it's in Wareham. Oh, no a little bit past Charlie's way. place, yeah. Oh, near Charlie's, yeah. I've been there before. It's good. Um, now, do you put yours on lettuce wraps or? Um... No, no. You, if you're gonna have a North Shore beef, you got to have it on the <laughs> onion bulky. I know. You got to yeah, have I mean, the. What do you usually? To- what are you using now for bread? Uh, just none. Uh, if I and, some I was getting the keto rolls for yeah. burgers, but I was like, I don't even need these. They were they were good, yeah. but they were a little chewy. So I just go with no bread now. Well, they said the roast beef and that steak's good on top of a salad too. Yeah, like that yeah. Pizzonis. I don't know if you ever had the salad there with the sirloin tips on top. Oh yeah, sirloin tip salads are great, and they do great oh, job. They do a great job over Pizzonis. And Wareham too. Yeah, Pizzonis. Wareham too. The steakhouse there does a good one too with the uh, what's the name of it. Um, uh, Longhorn? Yeah, Longhorn Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. They do a good name, too. But anyway, well, that's that was good about Lizzie Borden's. And it's not just last name is not Borden on the sign, right? No, it just says Miss Lizzie's Coffee. Yeah, so. so it could be any Lizzie. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I saw the paperwork. 